Welcome into this edition of the Redbird Report. I'm Mike Mara, joined by Josh Tolentino, and over the weekend we had some big news surrounding the Illinois State men's basketball team and one of their star players. And Josh, you had the story. As we record this on a Monday, um, officially released my story from the Vedette this past Saturday. Mikhail McIntosh is not returning to the Redbirds for his last year of eligibility. Uh, was going to be a senior uh, his senior season, uh, but he is electing. According to Dan from this morning, um, electing to go to the draft will not sign an agent, but we all know that, that means it's sugarcoating that he's going to another program. He's going to graduate and use that grad transfer rule. In regards to the logistics of the Vedette gaining the story, um, we all knew that this was coming, and we, we heard of it, I mean, being talked about just word of mouth over the past month, but last week really gained some traction in regards to my sourcing. And one source turned into two sources, two sources turned into multiple sources, and we had enough to run with it this past Saturday and broke that story. Uh, reached out to Dan, actually, Coach Muller, on Saturday morning. He elected not to talk to us, declined comment, also reached out to Mikhail, wasn't able to reach him. He was in Canada this past weekend with his parents, um, and then also reached out to Mikhail's family, who declined comment. But we had enough to run with it, and, and I mean... We're here Monday morning, Monday afternoon right now, and it shows Mikhail is not returning for, to the Redbirds. What does this mean for the program, Mike? Well, I kind of see it as almost a good thing, and that may sound weird to people out there listening, but they with Mikhail, they have a lot more scores on the roster, and they have to split up shots. A lot of people... Who I know when I was you know going through potential lineups in my head, the one person that I kind of forgot about was Malik Malik Yarborough, who came over from St. Louis, uh, had to sit out this season. Will be back next year, practice with the team all throughout this or all throughout this past season, but will be eligible to be on the roster and play for this upcoming season. And I just think that with Copeland coming in, with Elijah Clarence, Keyshawn, Madison, all these guys on the roster right now. And then you have Malik Yarborough and Mikhail McIntosh, who are comparable as far as what we've heard is, you know, they're the same player. And we've even heard from some people that Malik might be a little bit better than Mikhail. You know, we'll have to wait and see about that. But at the end of the day, it frees shots up because if you have those two guys on the floor, they're going to have to split their shots up. And who's going to shoot a who, who's going to shoot the game winning shot mm-hmm. if it comes down to it? And so I just think it frees up a lot of. A lot of the lineups, it frees up the offense a little bit, and, and, and you never want to lose a guy like Mikhail just because he is athletic, he's got a nice body build, and he's a great player. But at the end of the day, I think they'll be okay without him. I think Redbird fans can take a deep breath, and I think they'll be fine. I think they, at the end of the day, Illinois State may not be as heavily favored in the Missouri Valley Conference, but they're still going to be favored. Their, their roster is still exceedingly talented, and so and, I and think they'll be good. And there's no doubt this program is on the rise with what... Muller has done this past, I mean, so many broken records this past season with the people, with the recruits he has coming in. I mean, it's trending upward. The arrow is pointing up. But just looking back at Mikhail's legacy at ISU, you know, like what we said, he's electing to go to the NBA, uh, uh, try for the NBA draft, but we know he'll be going to another program. We'll discuss later what programs we think he's going to. But looking at Mikhail's legacy at ISU, you know, he just you the type of player he was with his body build and his skill set, his athleticism and pure talent. I don't think his ceiling was reached here. It sucks for him that he endured that torn meniscus this past season. 
made him sit five games and I mean only five games at that makes a miracle I mean quick comeback but just wasn't able to make an impact in those last games I mean he had a good game at Northern Iowa was a non-factor in the Missouri Valley Conference Tournament and then kind of just disappeared also in the NIT that last his last um, ever play as a Redbird will be drawing that foul to end uh, on UCF's BJ Taylor to end their the Redbird season in the in that NIT game, you know, you look at Mikhail and I just don't think he was able to accomplish what he wanted to do here, and that's why he's moving on. Yeah, and I, I agree. I th- I think moving on. I think as far as going to the NBA, I I don't see a team picking him up in the draft and then. And there's no doubt that like he's been very vocal since his first step on campus his aspirations are to reach the nba so wherever he does go this i mean this next um this summer and upcoming season whatever program he does decide to go it is to salvage whatever nba draft stock he has left right and he's going to use that program to elevate himself as a player and i'm sure he will he's got the talent to be able to but i just don't see him during the draft i don't see a team picking him up and then a team may invite him to camp but he did say if he's not drafted he will go and he'll elect to to be a graduate transfer and he's going to be a graduate transfer. Yes, I mean, Dan I'm might put it. it like that, but that's just uh, sugarcoating it. Mikhail's going to another program and, and a P five program at that. And so I mean, I just think that wherever he's going to go, he's going to be able to elevate his game and he's going to really be able to showcase his talent. In it. And I think he is going to go to a Power Five conference. And it's just a matter of what his role is going to be. He, wherever he goes, the type of player he is, he's going to have a role on the team, whether it be a starter, whether it be off the bench. He's going to be a great asset to any team that wants to pick him up. And, I mean, a lot of people have, I mean, been in my inbox, national writers, they're saying McCall could be one of the best, I mean, top, trans- top grad transfers in the country. And, I mean, the talent is there, as we've seen at Redbird Arena. He is, I mean... Just a monster all over, but it just—it's tough how he wasn't prop. I wouldn't say properly utilized, but he just didn't reach his ceiling here. I thought the system was good. Him and Dan Muller's system, being a long, athletic type forward, um, he could shoot the three ball. Dan loves his shooters, and he just wasn't able to reach his potential here. Wasn't able to reach the NCAA tournament. He'll have that opportunity next year, whatever program he goes to. Mike, where do you think he's going? I don't know. I know earlier in the off or right after their season ended, I know we heard rumors and rumblings about him being reached out to by Minnesota. So I still think that's an option, even though that's kind of died down. I've seen Wisconsin pop up. I don't know how much I believe that, but a lot of people are saying that Wisconsin's a very a likable landing. If I had a guess right now, I, I think he's. Pro- I think it. I'd probably say Minnesota. We don't. No, we don't. I mean, this is just pure speculation. But Dean Oliver, an assistant on Dan Muller's staff, um, it was seen by a couple beat writers from the Badgers. He was in Madison um, last week. Um, don't know how if Greg Gar- like guard up there is recruiting him to join his staff. He's a young coach, good recruiter, could be a perfect fit for that team. Who knows? Maybe he brings Mikhail with him. Um, they have a actually I have a good friend on that team, Michael Ballard. And Mikhail, if he steps in there, he could make an immediate impact. They lost Nigel Hayes. He's that. Per- he's like. He's the perfect role. Um, he could perfectly fill that void. But I mean, obviously, you got to imagine half the Big Ten, at least half of the Big Ten, is talking to him or in his ear. 
Um, which, by the way, he hasn't actually been granted his release. We, I talked to John Twerk, ISU Media Relations. They said it's coming out today. has not come out yet. It's uh, just past 4 o'clock, so we can expect that any time now. And that's when teams can officially start talking to him. But you never know who's already been talking to him. But if I had to pick one team, I've heard some strong sourcing that Mikhail may be headed to Mizzou to play for Conzo Martin play for the number one player in the country, play with the number one player in the country, uh, Michael Porter Jr. I mean, if you look at that opportunity, they are crazy stacked going into next year and probably years beyond just with how good of a recruiter Conzo is. And I've heard some pretty good traction that that may very well be a possibility, Mikhail, to Mizzou. And we saw MPJ play at the All-American game up at the United Center. And I'll tell you what, if those two guys link up and play together... That's that's a deadly like dynamic duo right there. I mean, that is going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I know we talked about it, you know, why MPJ would go to Mizzou going home. And, you know, if they have Mikhail McIntosh to that lineup, watch out. Mm-hmm. Watch out. And the Bidette, we actually do have a listicle of teams Mikhail could possibly be going to. We will have that out in tomorrow's edition of the Bidette online tonight. But you got to look at Mikhail and, you know... Once the new, once the vedette did break the news, you know we had some people saying, "Oh, it's not true yet." Mikhail didn't say anything, but once it, I mean, it did come out. Mikhail is leaving. We all know it's official. There were some people. I mean, there's some fans out there being haters and questioning his decision. In my opinion, you look at him. You have Paris Lee leaving. You have your his best friend Tony Wills. Hawkins is not coming back. That whole class. That's the class he came in here with. Those are his best friends. His brothers. And you, you look at his legacy at ISU off the court. You know, he didn't have any off-court problems. He was a good kid, always a great athlete to talk to. And, I mean, with what he was able to do, he's, he's graduating. I mean, you can't blame him. That, that is a rule set up for to help kids like this. I mean, what's your opinion on that grad transfer rule? I mean, as far as Mikhail goes, I think he's earned it. He's earned the right to do so. I mean, he's given this program everything he's had the past couple years. And as you mentioned, no off-the-court issues on the court. First off, just if anybody needs to know what kind of player Mikhail McIntosh is, you hit on it, Josh. Missed five games with the torn meniscus. Five games. That's unheard of. Like I remember even sitting at the NIT and next to Harry Schrader, who works for the Missouri Valley Conference, and he even said, He's like, I can't believe Mikhail came back after five games. He said, we got the release. We got the, the notification that Mikhail was playing tonight. And I looked around and I just said, that's unbelievable. And that shows his dedication to the team that he wanted to get this team, not only to the regular season championship, but an NCAA tournament berth. Obviously, the latter didn't happen, but it shows what he wanted to do for the team. Yeah, and so, I mean, I think anybody who wants to... And that may have long-term effect on his health, you know, with how the meniscus was removed, so... What he was able to do and his decisions, I mean, that shows his dedication to the team, even though he's leaving now. Yeah, and so for the fans that want to, you know, disagree with his decision and, you know, be that, be the hater, so to speak, I, I think they need to back off a little bit. I mean, the kids earn the right. That's, and that's the other thing is people have to realize that, yes, they are student-athletes and, you know, this whole town rallies around them, but at the end of the day, they are kids. They have to make decisions that are best for them. They still have an entire future to worry about. And at the end of the day, I think what Mikhail is doing is going to better himself and put himself in a better position in the long run. And as good as ISU will be or could be next year, with or without Mikhail, you know, he put in his work this season. You see, 
ISU wins how many games? I mean, near near 30 games, no NCAA tournament berth, and you got to imagine he where where he's at and what he's trying to do with his career. He's trying to make it to the NBA. I mean, as as good as ISU has been with developing professional prospects and playing out in Europe, you know, there hasn't been that many NBA guys coming out of ISU. I think it's of his best personal decision to leave. I think he made the right decision in trying to save whatever NBA draft stock he has left. And you just got to look at the dedication from the beginning. I mean, Mueller had that dedication for him. Let's remember, he had full rides from Oregon, from UCLA. I mean, those two programs alone, we don't have to really look past that. For him to really put his trust in Mueller, for Mueller to put his trust in him and them have the four years that they did, three years playing, I mean, you can't ask much for more. Yeah, and I think, and I know I mentioned it earlier on in the podcast, I, Illinois State's going to be fine. Everybody out there who's pressing the panic button needs to just step back, relax, and you know, take a deep breath. Like It's not like the program's up and leaving. Sure, you're losing a big part. And, you know, that's obviously the one guy that, at the end of the year, Dan had said that they're losing leadership. Sure, everyone said, okay, well, Mikhail, you know, if Mikhail comes back, he's going to be our leader. That, and now he's gone, you know, and, and I get that. I get that now you have to completely redo that search for your, you know, your true leader next year. But they're fine. They have a roster and set. I mean, they have talent coming in. I mean, with no, with no Wichita State, let's remember that. I mean, it's, it's going to be... Whatever the state of the Valley is, I mean, the Redbirds are in good shape. And I still think the Valley's theirs for the taking. I mean, because when you look up and down that roster for next year, I mean, I still think that the, the best player on their roster is going to be Malik Yarborough with a close second being Zach Copeland. And then you also have Elijah Clarence coming in out of high school. And there's going to be some growing pains there. Obviously, being a freshman, coming in as a freshman, I should say, you know, he's coming out of high school ball. Division one basketball is going to be a little bit different. You know, that non-conference schedule that Illinois State's going to play will get him ready for Missouri Valley Conference, which we will have to add that the Missouri Valley Conference is probably going to be a little bit more down next year. I mean, it, it's not like they had a down year last year and they're going to come soaring back. Let's be realistic. They're probably going to be on the downside again next year. And there's no Wichita State. And he was, he. I mean, him and Elise Johnson from Missouri State, they were, Mikhail was a lead candidate for MVC Player of the Year. As soon as as soon as Wichita State left, you know, I, if Wichita State was still in the Valley, I'm picking Landry Shamit to be the, the player of the year in the Valley. But as soon as they left, there's two people that come to mind, and that's Alize Johnson and Mikhail McIntosh. And now you got to think that it's it's pretty much Johnson's for the taking. But outside of just the individual accolades, I think as far as the Valley goes and, and conference standings and who who's going to come out on top, you know, now without Mikhail, you think. That leadership goes out the window. Maybe they lose two, three more games just, you know, on a last second, maybe fluky play or just a game where, you know, you start to unravel, you lose the lead, and you don't have that, that vocal leader. And so I think that's where they'll lack Mikhail McIntosh, or that's where they'll miss Mikhail McIntosh. But I, at the end of the day, if you look at this roster, it's still loaded more, with talent. It's still loaded with talent. And looking at the Valley, who's still going to stop them? The Valley is. It, Unfortunately, the Valley's the Valley, mm-hmm. and no one's going to stop them. You and I, you know, Ben Jacobson, you know, I'm sure they'll come back and have a better year. I don't expect them to have the same, you know, subpar season that the Panthers did. So I'm sure they'll be in the mix of things. Along with Missouri State, if that roster plays up to their potential, Missouri State can be very good. Mm-hmm. But I still just don't see anybody coming in 
and beaten Illinois State. And as far as any newcomers, if people want to think that a newcomer is going to come in and win the Valley, whoever the Missouri Valley Conference adds isn't going to contend for the title. And, and I think that's just the brutal truth of it, is whoever they bring in is just going to be you know, kind of mixing in at the bottom of things and maybe in the middle of the pack, just kind of fighting along. But as far as the, the three teams in the Valley that have a shot to win it all and, and make it to the NCAA tournament, it's Missouri State, Northern Iowa, and Illinois State. And I still just don't think that with the talent Illinois State has on their roster for next season, I, I just don't see a team beating them. Sure, I think they'll be beat a little bit more, but at the end of the day, I don't think they're going to get beat in the long run. It'll be interesting to see how the rest of this week plays out. Let's not forget a week from today, ISU has a season celebration celebrating the historic season they had at Redbird Arena. That event is open to the public. Um, 6 p.m. Doors open, I believe, 5.30 p.m. We didn't. We did not get confirmation if Mikhail will be there. Um, but we look at Mikhail and you know, again, his legacy he left behind here. You know, he put in his time. He tried this final year with his brothers, with his the guys he came in here with. You look at that first class Dan Muller brought in. Paris Lee, Tony Wills, Mikhail McIntosh, Deontay Hawkins, and Reggie Lynch. That's that's a damn good class, and I think, the like what we said earlier, the, the trend of the program, the arrow is pointing up. I think Dan will be just fine. He, I know he wants to add maybe another guard, possibly a big, to fill that void of Mikhail. But the roster is pretty set in stone for next year. Assuming no more guys leave, and I, I really have not heard of any more possibly openings on that roster, um, I think ISU's they're going to be good next year. Yeah, I think they're fine. I know I you know I, I know I've said it here just a couple times so far, but they're going to be fine. When you look at that roster, I'm telling you, and I know we, we keep hammering it, but it, it's because it's true. We want to be saying it, but it wasn't true. Their roster is just going to speak for itself, and there's going to be growing pains. That's what people have to realize is there's going to be growing pains because when you look at the lineup, the lineup is going to be brand new. I mean, when you look at the next year's lineup. Outside of Phil, the the, the really the lineup is going to be brand new. It, I mean, Phil. And, 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 and let's not forget, he's he's only been here for a year. He's going to be a junior. so Right, and so, I mean, and you have DJ coming off the bench. Because I just don't see DJ starting in next year's lineup. With, with everybody coming in, I don't see DJ, but... So you have, you have DJ, Keyshawn, Phil coming back. David's going to play a little bit more. And so those are the guys from the current roster that are going to be getting a lot of the minutes. Then you have Copeland, Yarborough. We don't know what Christian Romine's about yet, so he could still be good. And then you got Elijah Clarence. And so this team is just going to be, you know, just flourishing with talent. And so they're going to be fine. It's just a matter of... When they get over the hump of the growing pains, when do they outgrow those early growing pains of just being a young team? They're going to have to learn how to play with each other. And unfortunately for Keyshawn, that's where the summer's going to come in, and that's where he's going to miss. But, you know, Keyshawn coming in for his junior year, I think Keyshawn will be fine. You know, as we've seen him play at the end of the season, he played with a lot of confidence. And so I think, you know, he'll come into next season with some confidence, you know, just building off this end of his sophomore season. But, you know, it does hurt that he does. He is going to miss the summer. But, you know, this team's really just going to have to get to work in the summer. And it's, that's really where we're going to have to see what kind of team they have is how are summer programs going? How, how do they look? How is the team gelling together? 
and you know what kind of lineups are we looking at, stuff like that. It, it's really just going to depend on the growth of the team over the summer because they're going to go through growing pains, and they're probably going to lose some close games that you know you may not lose if you had that that one senior leader or and which is where and he would have been hurts. the only he would have been the only veteran. Let's not forget that on this team you got some you got some juniors coming back. I mean. Or a senior in DJ Clayton, but you know he hasn't been here like as long as Mikhail's been here. So Mikhail's taken this leap to another program. It'll be interesting to just watch the rest of his career play out. If you're an ISU fan, a true ISU fan, you you put support in Mikhail and everything that he's done here and his future endeavors. But for now, I mean, if there's any more updates, we we will hopefully have them for you. The vedette. Let's remember the vedette did break this story of Mikhail leaving. And what do we have coming up just very briefly in this week for athletics? Well, Redbird Softball sits in first place of the Missouri Valley Conference. They have a midweek matchup with Bradley, a doubleheader at Marion Kinnear Stadium. And so they're going to just continue to build off of their wonderful start in the Missouri Valley Conference. Right now, they're in first place. They just, they're coming off a three-game sweep. Of the preseason favorite, Drake, Drake is missing their starting pitcher who was picked to be the player of the year in the Valley, so that does hurt them. But doesn't take away from Illinois State being in first. And then now we look to the other side of the field, baseball, not not so hot. Yeah, baseball is struggling. They have a midweek matchup with Notre Dame. They were just swept by Evansville this past weekend at home. Yes, they were swept by Evansville. They lost a doubleheader on Saturday. Game one was a very good game, very com- competitive it didn't look very good early on. They went down 5 nothing in the first inning. They battled back to score five runs of their own in the, bo- in the bottom half of the first. And then they ended up scoring one run in the ninth to end up uh, going into extras. And then in extras in the 11th inning, Evansville plated five more runs to give themselves a 12-7 lead. Illinois State scored two, lost 12-9. You know, so a competitive game there. And then game two was all Evansville as Evansville just pounded the baseball all over all over the yard against Illinois State. They won that one 8 to 1 and then on Sunday pure pitchers duel. It was a pitchers duel. Uh Brent Hedrick, the freshman lefty for Illinois State went 7 innings, scoreless ball. That's back-to-back starts for Hedrick now that he's shut out a team. He went 6 innings against Dayton uh, 2 weeks ago or, or excuse me, a week ago now and then yesterday he went 7 innings and shut out Evansville, and then Trevor Cross comes in for one inning of work in the top of the eighth inning, and he gives up a solo home run to Brendan Crobe of Evansville, who came into the who came into Sunday's contest hitting 192. But that was all that was all Evansville needed. Yeah, and so that was all they needed is the they uh, I believe it was Brand, uh, Brandon Gomer mm-hmm. came in and got the final six outs for Evansville and. Close the door, so Illinois State still looking for their first Missouri Valley Conference win. They've now been swept in back in their first two Missouri Valley Conference series games or series series openers, excuse me. And so, but either way, so they go to Notre Dame on Wednesday, where they'll have the ACC Fighting Irish, and the Irish have, are having a down year. As I talked to Bo after yesterday's game, they're having a down year. It should be a good game. It's one of Bo's favorites game, favorite games. I think Bo knows the Redbirds are having a pretty down year themselves. Right, and so that's just where it goes. It's going to be kind of a, a crapshoot, so to speak, on Wednesday because who knows who's going to win. I'm sure, you know, just looking up and down Notre Dame's roster and who they play, playing in the ACC, just, you know, a national contender on most seasons, I'm sure 
you know, ISU's got a tall task. The Redbirds are thir- very thirsty for a win. I mean, it, they really need to pick one up as we head into this last stretch of the season. But the Vedette will have it all for you. And the home games for softball will obviously be broadcasted by ZND, ESPN3. Uh, let's support our great student journalists over there. But for now, I mean, we just kind of leave on this Mikhail note and the future of Redbird Hoops. Yeah, that just about puts a bow on this one. And once again, this is the Redbird Report. That was Josh Tolentino, Vedette Sports Editor. Follow me at JCT Sports. Don't forget to give the Vedette a follow at the underscore Vedette. And Mike Mara, what is your Twitter? Mike Mara Ilstu, so you can give me a follow there. But that's going to put a bow on this edition of the Redbird Report. Make sure you pick up a, a, a paper copy of the Vedette tomorrow for all the latest Mikhail news. And just again, thank you for everyone for uh, reading. Got a ton of emails over the weekend. Uh, phone is still blowing up. But, I mean, that's what we do here. We um, break the news and the best to the best of our ability. And, I mean, this has been another edition of the Vedette Redbird Repeat. Uh, podcast for Mike Mara. I am Josh Tolentino. Thank you for listening.